Today, I wanted to share some stories from our community so that you could know that you are not alone. You are not failing as a parent and your kid is not broken. I want you to know that you are exactly the parent that your child needs. Is your child's challenging behavior leaving you feeling exhausted, defeated, and hopeless? You are not alone. And I want you to know you are not a failure and your child is not broken. Welcome to Calm the Chaos Parenting, the podcast for parents raising strong-willed, highly sensitive, or neurodivergent children. I'm Dana Abraham, parenting expert, and I have helped hundreds of thousands of families just like yours. Each week, I'll share simple science-backed solutions to help you feel more grounded, in tune, and deeply connected to your child, no matter what challenge you face. Start your journey from surviving to thriving as a family at CalmTheChaosPodcast.com. When I first started on my parenting journey, I felt so alone. I couldn't figure out why I was the only parent who didn't understand her kid, who couldn't get her kid to listen, who was having trouble in school with her kid. And I felt like I must be doing something wrong or something must be wrong with my kid. When I first started online, my number one goal was really selfish. I just wanted to know that I wasn't alone. And my main hope was to find one other mom, one other parent that was going through similar struggles that I was because I didn't want to feel so isolated. And what I found wasn't one other person. It was millions of other parents just like me, struggling to get through their day, struggling to get their kid to do their homework, struggling to understand themselves and their kids. Over the last 10 years, I've worked online with hundreds of thousands of parents around the world And the question I still get so often from parents is, but what if I'm an anomaly? What if something really is wrong with what I'm doing? And what if my kid is somehow outside of the norm and we've lost hope? And today I wanted to share some stories from our community so that you could know that you are not alone. You are not failing as a parent and your kid is not broken. It doesn't matter how bad things are right now. It doesn't matter if you feel completely lost in overwhelm or if you've tried all the things in all the parenting books. I want you to know that you are exactly the parent that your child needs. And you can only hear that from me so many times. So I'm going to actually pass it over to a couple of amazing parents from our Calm the Chaos community who have implemented the Calm the Chaos framework and roadmap in their own lives to be able to go from survival mode to thriving as a family. So sit back, enjoy, and I hope you hear at least one thing that resonates with what you're currently going through. I'm Jen and I come from Scotland. I have two amazing super kids aged 11 and 6 and my 11 year old is part-time at school my six-year-old is home educated fully and my husband and I both work from home we have to have like a pretty flexible schedule um, for what we do 
And I've made a plan for electronics based on that, considering that my six-year-old is, is fully home-educated and it's her that I'm um, really focusing on. She, the electronics is kind of my current chaos causer with her. Um, a little bit of background, both my girls um, are autistic and have sensory processing disorder. And my youngest, my six-year-old, who uh, I'm going to be talking about today, has got another um, like an eating disorder that is kind of linked to autism. It's called ARFID. Um, not that many people have probably heard of that. It's um, it's avoidant restrictive food intake disorder, and that'll be important to my plan that I explain later because electronics actually really helps with that and managing her anxiety. I've been in the the CTC world for a couple of years now, and um, from that I've managed to solve um, two massive chaos causes that we were having. Initially, I joined. Um, for my SK11, who was nine at the time, she was having multiple daily meltdowns. If I could kind of like set the scene for you, um, you know, she grew up having to witness her big sister having really terrible meltdowns all the time. Um, I was on my own for a lot of it with the girls because my husband works away from home a lot. Um, so I felt really under pressure kind of uh, on my own having to deal with, with these really awful meltdowns for my 11-year-old. And um I would have to to keep my little one safe because she was obviously a toddler at this point. Often I would have to get her either in a corner of the room or beside me just outside the room and I would give her a tablet or my phone to kind of keep her occupied and to keep her safe and from not coming in and out of the room while I was trying to deal with her big sister. For me, where all this guilt started because I felt like I was just always shoving a phone or a tablet in, in her face and she was just this little toddler who, you know, we had so much energy and just wanted to play and often my days just weren't going to go like that because I was putting out a lot of fires, you know, with her big sister and I didn't really have a choice and I had no one else there to help me. The U piece is always um, focusing on your own thoughts around the struggle and, like I say, it would be very easy for me to just sit and feel guilty about what has happened and, and lead up to my six-year-old having all this use of electronics. But like nothing's going to change overnight. It's a very stepwise process. Um, and if I can just keep myself calm and think about the positives as well, like if I can see electronics as an opportunity rather than a problem, then I'm I'm going to have more success moving forward. Swapping that guilt to I'm doing the best I can. I think if people walk away with just that one thought swap, that can be incredibly powerful. You've started now to remain calm. And that's what kind of happened with this. As you started to focus on the positives, you started to focus on I'm doing the best I can and removing that guilt. Did that change your ability to you know, interact differently or your ability to uh, respond differently to, to your daughter? You know, if you're calm yourself, then you know, your kids always feed off of your energy. So, you know, if they feel less tension from you and then you can approach them in a less stressed way to ask them to come off electronics and things. And of course, that helps because if you go in, you know, shouting and um, flying off the handle, then you're going to raise their fight or flight response as well. And then you're going to add more fuel to the fire. So you really need to be calm yourself. Um, to get the best outcome. Yeah. So once you were calm, now what was the next thing that you really worked on? Like thinking about using uh, electronics as a tool um, and the opportunities it gives us. So 
my family that we can connect so well using electronics and and having lots of fun so I mean everyone likes playing like Mario Kart and like the Mario board games and like just dance as well obviously we use Zoom and things to speak to family and friends who are far away movie nights you know like we can um, snuggle up on the sofa together oh another thing that actually I really love this is a great positive uh, electronics use I have found is Headspace, an app that um, it really helps at bedtime. There's so many positives that you can use electronics so that they're not just playing themselves on the games, like how you can be involved with them. Then that's a good time that you're spending together and having all those positive interactions. Because if you're not well connected with your child, it's so much more difficult to then sit and make a plan where you can problem solve your kid has to feel really comfortable and safe with you and know that they can talk to you about anything and and be heard and you know we can all listen to each other and if you're not connected if you feel like you've just had you know days and days of just arguing or you know pulling electronics off of them they're not going to be in, in the right mindset or the right place to sit down with you and have that chat or that huddle of, well, hey, you know, we need to, to think about an electronics plan. The understand piece is, is so important. So I think when, when kids are, are using electronics, you need to kind of understand the root behind that. Like what, what is their need to be driven to just be like, watching TV and, and not engage in other tasks. I guess it's that looking under the surface kind of piece and, and seeing if they have any unmet needs and, and things like that. So just in myself, I was explaining that my six-year-old has the, the sort of eating disorder called ARFID. This makes eating, which is a basic need, <laughs> we need to remember, it is very difficult for her. It's very anxiety-provoking um, for her to have to be around foods to handle food, to to smell it, just to experience it. And she has extremely limited foods that she can eat. She can only eat about four or five foods currently. In order for her to be able to eat the small amount of food that she can have, I actually need to give her a tablet. And the psychologist that was involved in diagnosing her said that that is like a, a requirement for children with this eating disorder. Because when they have the tablet in front of them, their anxious brain is completely switched off. It allows them to escape from that sensory overwhelm. The other thing about having SPD is that, you know, her brain is taking in so much information all the time from her environment. She gets overwhelmed very easily with everyday situations. And she needs a release from that and an escape from that. So I can see, like, when she is just so exhausted, like she's done, if she just has some time in front of a TV, to relax that helps her really settle back down and regulate and then she's able to move on to the next thing that we might want to do together mm. which could be uh learning um you know using an app her experience from being in school for the time she was there it really really knocked her self-esteem because mm. she didn't cope in the classroom environment and you know things like holding a pencil were really really difficult because she's hypermobile and you know she other kids would make fun of her writing and stuff like that so she really 
was miserable. So Aww. now that she's at home, she still remembers all that kind of trauma of feeling so bad about herself. And um, so I can't get her to write. But if I'm using a tablet, you know, she can use her finger to trace letters and things, and she's much more engaged and likely to do that. And she likes like the fun animations that you get that help do maths or whatever. And then she can have like TV to set all regulate, and then we'll move on to the next thing. So my day is very broken up. I was able to have uh, a really good chat with her, and we spoke about her needs and her struggles because you know we've been in CTC for so long. She's very aware, actually, of her own needs and, and her, her triggers and, and what she needs to regulate by just observing her that she is possibly just getting bored. Then that would be when I would sort of start using a timer of, well, I think we've been on this long enough now. How long do you need? Um, or can we finish up it when the show finishes? Like this sort of thing. And she's been quite good at using a timer. She likes again electronics to rescue I've got like an apple watch so she likes asking Siri to set the timer on my watch (laughs) so she knows when that goes off she's quite happy to come off and then we'll move to the next activity every day we'll have a discussion about what we're going to do and you know sometimes the day will start off well and then we suddenly have to change our plan and like say it's just her and I checking in with each other all the time with what she needs and how she's feeling And, and it's great because she has this awareness like she can sometimes say to me like, oh, mum, I need a break. Or when she's had the break, she'll suddenly say, I'm good now. Mum, let's go do this. Let's go. And then she'll be like a bundle of energy again. Because, you know, I've just let her have that time. It's just all she needed. And if I'd been stressed and shouting, no, you can't have TV. No, you've been on that long enough. It was just, it would just make the whole day go downhill and I wouldn't get as much out of her. It's really just kind of like you say that back and forth compromising and mm-hmm. me not really having like this target or a goal at the moment. You know, I think so far we've done really well. Like I have significantly managed to reduce the the time she spends, um, you know, using TV because we're using the timer and the scripts and kind of just that checking in with each other. Electronics around bedtime particularly was a struggle for us. But since we've developed this plan the last sort of three to four weeks, every night has been great. There's been no problem because I have made sure that that half hour she just has that time with me and you know, she can come off the electronics and we can just have lots of fun and then get up to bed and she's not looking for it anymore. I am mostly a stay-at-home mom with a small part-time job, which now, of course, moved at home. But I have a five-year-old daughter and a seven-year-old son um, whom last year I was homeschooling them. He's an extrovert. He's just got so much energy. Like He accidentally just knocks things over and bonks into people and my daughter is a watcher. She wants to see what's going on and, and you know, is this situation safe for me to jump into before she gets into things? And they're just so opposite. And so learning, learning how to handle one and then learning what works for the other has been, it's been a fun journey. So last October, what was life like? I yelled a lot. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to start there with honesty. Um, you know, we, we had to rush to go somewhere, you know, hey, where are your shoes? I said, get your shoes. Why aren't you getting your shoes on yet? We got to get out the door. Go, go, go. Um, you know, I said, turn the TV off. It's time to turn the TV off. And just, um, you know, most things I said, I had to say multiple times. And then I ended up having to say them loudly. Even even when my son was really little, maybe he was like one and a half. There was something that he was doing. He kept pulling something out of my hand. And I would say, no, that's not the way to do it. 
And I was, I was told by someone who I respected, you have to raise your voice and make it apparent that you're upset about this for him to understand that you mean business. And so I, I, w- I learned that I had to say no in order for him to, to understand. And it really set me on a, quite a path of, um, of thinking that I had to, you know, I, I had to show my negative emotions in a way that, that built up my authority. And that's mm. unfortunately not how it worked. I thought that my job was to set all the rules, all the parameters, all the consequences, and, and, you know, make the demands that they be met. Boom, boom, boom. I was really frustrated because, (laughs) (laughs) to put it mildly, because it wasn't working, you know, and I was exhausted at the end of the day. And I would ask myself, why, you know, why did today blow up again? Like, why is this not working? Why is he not, you know, or why is she not, you know, following along? Why, why is this so hard? This isn't supposed to be this hard. I realized that I had to start with me that I couldn't, you know, when, when they were infants, I, when I was trying to rock them to sleep, I would calm my breathing to help calm them down. And I realized that that's what I needed to do again. If I can be calm and say, Hey guys, let's calm down instead of you have to calm down. You know, (laughs) It's a whole lot more useful. And, you know, I can affect change in this. I realized that I would get really angry when my kids would demand something like, mom, why don't I have my applesauce yet? And I'm like, why are they so demanding and bossy? And I realized that I was modeling it because I would say, hey, it's dinner time. It's dinner time. Why is no one at the table yet? And they were they were expressing their needs in the way that that they saw them being modeled. It really hit me. I was quite ashamed that like they're only doing what they've learned. And so if you know, if I can teach them negative habits, I can also teach them good habits, you know, so working with stop, breathe, anchor, and, you know, and realizing that, you know, the mistakes that I've made, the mistakes that I will continue to make don't change who I am, I can calm down, I can hear my kids say hurtful things. And I can keep modeling better behavior. When my kids would get upset instead of why are you acting like that? Or how dare you say that? You know, I would, I would come closer to them, I would just sit down sometimes so that I was shorter than them and just breathe for a sec. Just wait, you know, give give them a chance to calm down instead of feeling they need to defend themselves again mm-hmm. against, you know, whatever mommy's gonna tell them. Like, and sometimes just that wait would be enough. Other times, mm-hmm. you know, mommy worked really hard to make dinner. I know you're hungry. Let's go get some food, you know, and just explaining to them it's not about me bossing them around. It's about me as a parent who loves them, trying to do what's best for all of us. And that really helped. You know, the first time my daughter pulled in, I hate you uh, because I told her to clean her room up or stop playing or something. You know, I, I just sat down beside her and I waited for, you know, like not two seconds, but like 15 seconds. I said, I love you. And she just started bawling and like Aww. fell into my arms and was like, I love you too, mommy. I'm just so sad. You know, and then, you know, and then we could talk about the situation, but coming down with that authority and you must respect me. Like it's not going anywhere. You know, one, one day after a blow up, I just kind of sat with both of them. I sit cross-legged. I put one on either knee so I could hold them both. You know, we just rocked for a little bit. And then I said, is this fun? Was that fun? Do we want playtime to go this way? And both of them were, no, you know, I said, well, you know, what do we want? Like, obviously we're going to have disagreements, but, but what do we want? You know? And my son was like, I want her to not hit me. 
you know, and, and my daughter, I don't want him to take my things. And, you know, and so I said, well, let's find a way to just pause a sec so that we can talk about it. And mommy's totally welcome. You know, I'd, I'd love to come help you with it, but what are we going to do? You know, how, how are we going to get to that point from, oh no, he just took it out of my hand to, to talking about it. And so we, uh, we doodled it out and, you know, I said, well, what, what should we do next? And we drew, drew another picture and, and my kids customized my drawings and um, they got, helped me get the tape and we put it up on the wall by their Legos. It's definitely helped a lot. And we kind of tried some things here and there to get um, getting out of the house a little better. Um, and things got a little calmer, but I was really just kind of winging it. You know, I would go to my daughter, hey, let's get your shoes on, you know, and I was kind of piecemeal attacking it. But when yeah. when we got back to, all right, school's starting up, we're not homeschooling this year, you guys are going to be in the building, it's going to be both of you getting out of the house. So I can't just like carry my daughter in her pajamas to get my son to school, <laughs> like she needs to be dressed this year too. And so. Um, one day we were in the car and we were just talking about school and my son was sharing some things with his sister about, oh, recess is so much fun, blah, blah, blah. And there was a pause in the conversation. And I said, you know, I'm really looking forward to school too. You know, and then I kind of went into the, you know, but I know that sometimes we yell a lot when we get out of the house and mommy's no fun when she's yelling, is she? No. <laughs> um, would we rather be walking to school when we're both calm and happy? Yeah how do you think we can do that? And I just kind of dropped it there. And, you know, my son said, we have to start a lot earlier, like a lot mm -hmm. earlier. And I talked with my daughter at another separate time. You know, I told my son, of course, that was a great idea. We'll definitely do that. Um, talked with my daughter at a separate time about how to wake her up in the morning because she is very hard to wake up. And then we also had another separate huddle about getting lunches ready. I tried to break the huddles down into smaller parts so that it's not this huge, overwhelming, mommy's trying to redesign the whole world today kind of thing. And when we break it down, then they can, they can each have time to think about their parts. And then you told me that there's like a new plan that just happened. Like your kids are starting to be empowered. They're starting to use these plans on their own. Is that correct? Yeah, it was, it was so much fun. My son, I think it was last week, um, my husband and I were trying to have a discussion, you know, and again, we were like, Hey, grownups are talking. You have to respect that. And then we're, ah, Hmm. Okay. You have to wait a minute. You know, we're almost done. And so trying to, you know, shift that, you know, like I'm not more of a human than they are because they're kids and I'm a grown up. you know, so we've kind of been trying to make sure that we're a little more manageable, you know, with them on that. But my, so my son said the other day, mom, what if you took your hand and we squeezed it? to let you know that we really want to tell you something. And, you know, and then I said, oh, the way that your friend does. And his mommy squeezes back to say, okay, I hear you, but let me finish my sentence and then I'll let you speak. And he's like, yeah, yeah, we've totally got to do it here. It works like this, you know, and he took my hand. And so we practiced and my daughter was there watching and she's like, I like that, you know, so we, we practiced it together. And then just last night I was having a conversation with my husband my son came up and squeezed my hand and I was like, Oh, I know what to do. It's this double squeeze thing. And it was the first time we've actually done it. We just did it yesterday. We've been taught that as, as parents, like this is your duty. You know, you are, you are the one in charge and you are the one in control, but it's, it's not about controlling other people. It's about training your children. It's about raising them in a way that works and is good. And you know, we, we, you can't demand 
obedience from somebody. You know, you can teach them that there's natural consequences. You can teach them, you know, that that this breaks relationship and that, you know, see, mommy is sad and you are sad and, you know, your toy broke because you were throwing things. And and they'll, I know they can't always understand the consequences of things. Sometimes kids are too young to grasp that. And there's certainly things like, no, you may not go in the road. Like that's a rule that I am setting as a grown up, you know, but, but the way that we, the way that we, um, collaborate with them, um, and the way that we show them that we're a team and that they're valued and that, you know, the reason we're setting rules together is because we love you and we want to take care of you. And that this is, this isn't about me being the boss. This is about all of us. working together because all of us are important. It's, it's a lot calmer. Um, there are a lot (laughs) more snuggles, honestly, my kids want me to, um, you want me to do things with them a lot more. Mm -hmm. Um, but also, you know, when it's time for an activity to end, I can, you know, I can give them a heads up, Hey, let's, you know, let's wind things down. And there's a lot more you know, if one sibling, if one sibling is more ready, hey, mom said we're done with this now in a calm voice, you know, and oh, all right, mom, we're done. Um, <laughs> you know, instead of yelling and I, you know, I can go to them and talk with them and it's, it's a whole lot calmer. Dana here. And guess what? My book, Calm the Chaos, has officially launched. So if you enjoy the podcast and find the stuff we're sharing valuable, I'm a hundred percent sure you're going to love the book. You can get your copy at calmthechaosbook.com. And if you use this link, you'll also get some special bonuses. So once again, the link is calmthechaosbook.com. Thanks. I hope you're enjoying the show. I'm Angela, and I'm married to my husband. We've been married for going on 15 years. Uh, We've got two children. Um, They are five and three. The oldest is medically fragile, and the youngest is wild and likely autistic. (laughs) Um, But they're, they're awesome. Um, and, and they keep us very busy and, and on our toes. My background is actually in construction and, and uh, drafting and engineering and formwork design. And But I got I got hurt a few years back. I think it's actually been almost 20 years now. Wow. Wow. <laughs> but it kind of it, it made it to the point where I can't do that kind of work anymore. And so I had to adjust fire. Backtrack a year ago. Tell um, me about Angela and and your husband a year ago and like where you were in life a year ago. Um, I was a walking self-destruct button a year ago. Um, everything, we were so stressed out all the time. Um, everything around us was just pure chaos all the time. Um, my kids were like wild, crazy, out of control. Um, my husband and I were fighting all the time. Matter of fact, he actually at one point just said, you know what? I'm out of here. Um, he only stayed gone for, for a few days, but um, there was a lot of work to do to to you know start rebuilding from that point because um, I value security quite a bit, and and there was no security after that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there was a lot of work to be done, and we found um, Calm the Chaos, and he uh, was actually working way out of town, and he was staying out of town. It was that or don't work through COVID, um, and so I was going through the the seven day. And uh, I was started trying out some of the stuff and uh, he was zooming with us or FaceTiming with us um, for story time one evening. And the kids were going 
they were just going absolutely ballistic. And normally I would have just lost it and screamed and yelled at my kids. And there could have been spankings involved, depending, you know, and it was just, it was a bad situation. And it was so high stress and so toxic. Well, I didn't yell at them. I tried, I tried my, my stop, breathe and anchor. And, and I was able to maintain some calm. And he was so shocked from the other side of the phone. Um, that he allowed me to do the the 90 day calm chaos program. And from there, you know, our, our whole family is just in a completely different place. Um, my son is still three years old, you know, nothing's going to change that. Uh, my daughter still thinks she's 16. Um, but there, we're so much closer. Um, there's so much more bonding and there's so much more calmness and, and we're able to talk with each other and explain things to each other and try and work through things. And it's just a, greatly greatly different situation now than it was a year ago mm -hmm. I mean, it's like a, you know that mirror in harry potter <laughs> and so we did this challenge in our membership and it was the find your spark challenge and what were your initial thoughts when we first came out with this challenge and i really wasn't happy once we got into it because you know there was some some deep digging going on there um but it would actually end up being incredibly awesome and incredibly helpful. And it's just, it was a really good thing. I'm glad I did it. When you first started, I, I you didn't think it was for you. You didn't want to try it, but like, why? What was going through your head? So honestly, you know, I just didn't think I had anything to offer. I didn't have, I don't have time. You know, I have two special needs kids. My husband has severe health problems. I take care of my parents, you know. Um, so time is a huge factor. And, you know, when I look at my skills, when I, when, you know, when I had looked at what, what I'm good at, um, most of it I can't physically do anymore. Um, the things I really enjoyed, I can't physically do anymore. And so, you know, I just kind of let the, the rut that I've let my life get into, um, I let it kind of be the guiding factor there. And so I was seeing the walls of the rut and not, and not above it. So mm. that is a really good analogy of like, only being able to see the walls of the rut. That is, that is really cool. I can like picture that. I'm going to doodle that by the way. Going through all the work, you know, the, the interior work, the, the head work and everything, you know, it occurred to me that um, these, these limits, these walls, I had placed them. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I had gotten to this point where, where it was so much self doubt about my, about me being able to do anything because I lost the confidence from, from losing my primary skill set and, and so I, once, once it occurred to me that, you know, okay, so maybe it's not that I don't have anything going on. It's that I have built a wall around myself to where I can't get to the things that I have going on. And so it was, then it, from that point, it was like, okay, well, if that's the case, then let's, let's dig in and see what we can find. Mm -hmm. and so it just kind of went from there. And then, so while I'm looking through and I'm, and I'm actually, trying the challenge at that point. I'm actually trying to, to really do the work. Um, Carolyn had posted her post um, about, you know, wanting someone to teach her how to do uh, different repairs and whatnot. And it was like somebody hit me on the head with a brick. It was like, dude, that's your thing, you know? Hey, maybe maybe it was the brick from the wall. <laughs> maybe the brick from the wall was like, poop. Maybe it was. 
<laughs> Maybe it was, but you know, it was just suddenly there's this, there was this option. And then my brain was immediately like, Oh dude, you can, not only can you do this, but you can actually help other people and you can make other people feel confident and, and, and save other people money and build other people up just by teaching them these skills that, that, that I have and I can still do. And, and something magical kind of happened with your husband. Can you talk a little bit about what happened? This There was like a ripple effect. It wasn't just like, you know, you found something. What happened with your husband? So my husband, um, he loves what he does, but he works in a very toxic environment. Um, and he also works two hours away from where we live. Mm-hmm. Um, so he gets very little time at home. And he's, he's, and while he enjoys his job overall, he's really unhappy. He's really stressed out and he's really exhausted. And uh, I was sitting on the couch and I was uh, replaying um, one of the sessions. And he came over and he sat down next to me and he was playing on his phone and I was listening to you. And um, he put his phone down and he started listening. And then he told me, he says, you know, uh, he says, you know, I, I, I deserve better, too. You know, I deserve to be happy, too. Maybe there's something else that I can do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he, uh, he actually went and put in an application, um, for a job that will, um, keep him either in the nearest city, which is 30 minutes away, or he can actually do from home too. Um, and so he applied on Friday night and Monday morning, they had contacted him for a zoom interview. Um, and so it was really exciting. He's really excited. We don't, we don't know if he got the job, but just the fact that he, he's a very responsible, pragmatic guy. And, you know, we have children who are more expensive than most. And so he's always afraid to, to mess with, with the finances. And so um, for him to be willing to try something else and to take that leap and not just stay where he knows he has a safe paycheck um, is a really cool thing. And he's actually excited and he's kind of livening up at the possibility that he can move out of the environment that he's into. What do you think this finding your spark, like what has that opened up beyond just you and your family being closer? Like what do you, what new possibilities does this open up? You know, we're, we're closer and things are going better family wise and things are calmer and we're raising our kids in a manner that we actually want to raise them. And there is never anything in there where I have time for me, you know, even, even to get a, an, an actual shower, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's like you got to work for it. And then you feel bad because, you know, you can hear the kids screaming at your husband. And um, so the idea that there could actually be something that fulfilling that I can do and still be able to, do the things that I need to do to still be able to take care of my children and to be able to take care of my husband and my parents and, and run the errands and do the, all the things. So uh, it's, it's freeing. Um, just the idea is freeing. It's, it's, it's like a weight that just was crushing you and knocked off your shoulders. And, um, and you know, I haven't done anything with it yet. We're just toying with ideas and playing with it. But just the fact that it's possible is, is so massive. It's so massive. I'm a single mom. I've got two boys, uh, nine and 11. Um, we live in Canada, um, not too far from the border. About two years ago now, I guess, um, but quite suddenly and unexpectedly, my husband left. And um, mm. that, I guess, I mean, that happens to people. 
And it certainly, it certainly turned our life upside down and sort of life as we knew it um, changed pretty dramatically overnight. Um, we had had a family business and a, like that was the single income in our family. And um, yeah, there was a lot of craziness around, around that. We were barely surviving, like basically our, our world like crumbled. They were, my kids had always struggled with school. And um, after my husband left, my youngest, who always had a lot of anxiety, like was refusing to go to school. We'd have these huge epic meltdowns and battles. I'd actually pulled him out of school. And then my oldest kid is like my more traditional super kid who has a lot of different struggles. And he was, he was not doing well and he was not coping um, at school and it had gotten to the point where I was, I was getting calls all the time, all the time, all the time. And they kept cutting back his time there. Like he was going to school three mornings a week for about two hours. Mm. And I had my other kid with me all the time for about three or four months after he left. I tried to, I sort of tried to save the business and it was clear that that was not um, going to happen. And so we ended up we ended up, I guess, after Christmas that year on, on social assistance. And I mean, I'd reached out from all the local services. We'd actually had a, a social worker working with us for about three or four months. And she would come to our house weekly and just stare at us, dumbfounded that like at how difficult it was to get my kids to do anything or for us to school. She had consulted with her boss and she was like, I don't know how to help them. Like this, this mom's a good mom. She's not doing anything wrong. She's tried all the things for anxiety. Like she's, she's reached out to the doctors. She's like, they basically looked at me and threw up their hands. They said like, we've never encountered a situation that's been so complicated and where you've done all the things. And it's still not getting better. And they basically just said, see you later. Good luck with that. Oh and like that, it felt like the lights out. Like, I don't know how to describe it other than that. Like, it was like, there's no hope. Here I am, a single mom. I can't even get my kids to go to school. Um, how are we ever going to survive? And, and I mean, the shocking part was like six months before that, we were, we were in normal functioning <laughs> family but at that point it, it was like we were just we were holding on for dear life and I didn't know where else to turn I didn't know I didn't know how yeah I didn't know how we'd make it I kept looking like I was that mom that stayed up till 2 a.m on google like searching going there must be an answer out here somewhere <laughs> reading all the stuff like at some point I had seen like a video clip of you I think and I was like I, I remember it actually quite distinctly. <laughs> you and you and your son in the toy store and talking about the meltdowns at school and having to get calls to come and get him all the time. And I was like, yes, this is like that that's my life right now. Like some days that like, he's only there two hours, I drop him off and before I'm home, the school's already come to get him. And um yeah, so and then seeing watching that clip seeing that you've made it to the other side like I was like there's hope I think I really think that hope part was critical for me like seeing that 
there was a someone else out there that had experienced what I had experienced and that, you know, this wasn't the end for us. Um, and then like just being able to find, like I remember going through the workshop and being able to find these like little tiny wins, like when all these things in our day were going on when it was like meltdown after meltdown, when it was like, I could barely get to the grocery store with the kids. Um, it was finding like the one thing that was, was good and however small that was. Like being able to see that that my kids were, were having a hard time, like mm-hmm. that, that they were sad and I was sad too and it was okay to be sad. And we had each other, like even that as a little win was like, we had each other and we were, we were healthy and we, you know, we're managing to, to have food on the table. At one point there was this shift where I was like, okay, I can't really change what has happened. Like we are at where we're at. Like there's nothing I can do to turn the clock back or reverse it. Like this is a crap situation, but this is where we are. And like, I think that was a big shift that I made that it was okay to be upset that that's where we were at and say, okay, this is where we are. Now what, what can we do? And I found some ways to like take our really, really big struggles that we were having. Like I had a kid that I couldn't, I could, it took me an hour to get him in the car to get to school. Mm-hmm. if that means like wrestle this kid pulled them out from underneath the bed like it was bad and mm-hmm. so we broke it down and like I to tiny tiny step that March I I met with the school and we decided that we would I would try to bring him back to school in the first couple of weeks we didn't make it through the front door of the school we got to the parking lot we never got in the door and then like two days later we get in the door and then the next day we'd get in the gym and then he'd stay the whole time, like the whole 20 minute gym without me. And like, it was just these, like what, what seemed, if you had asked me months ago, it seemed like way too small steps. Mm-hmm. Like, how can I be bringing my eight year old to school and he still won't leave my side for 20 minutes? Like that mm-hmm. just seemed like that would have felt like no progress to me. But then these little tiny steps, we're building. And the next thing I knew he was there for 40 minutes and he could go off with the teacher for a bit. And like, again, it seems small in a month or two, he was getting in, getting in the car on his own before he left the house. And when we got to school, he'd run out and play with the kid in the yard, which was like this kid who hadn't left my side basically. And almost nine months starting to engage with life again. And that, mm. like, that was incredible. Looking back in, in retrospect, like we spent a lot of time together. Like we spent every day, all day, like my kids barely left my side. Like I thought we must be connected, but like, I think that was a huge thing that changed um, when I did Calm the Chaos is that I thought I was connected, but it wasn't really connection. Like mm. I, I realized that we were together and sad and we started being able to sort of acknowledge where each other was at and Mm -hmm. like 
and that helped us connect. I could understand some of the like much deeper things that I never had in the whole and my whole time trying to deal with it. I could see that I could understand that it was a safety issue and I could see that he was having a hard time instead of being like, oh, why can't you just go to school? Like every other eight-year-old's going to school. Like, what is your problem? I started meeting him where he was at, like mm. instead of coping mm. further along or or different. And that brought us so much closer, like that understanding piece and that ability to say, like, it's okay if you can't do this. He was sad. I'd just sit there beside him when he was sad. And like, I didn't have to do something to him. I just had to be there and he just had to understand that I was there and that I had his best interests. That is, that is absolutely Hmm. amazing. I love hearing this. And so what is life like now? Gosh, (laughs) well, before COVID shut the school down, um, that little kid that I couldn't like barely get in the car um, was going to school full days with a smile on his face. Like we have our life back. Like every day is not about like then we can do things as a family and go out and not like have to worry that there's going to be a meltdown every, every two seconds from my older kiddo. I've talked a lot about my younger kiddo, but my older kiddo struggle struggles and like he have a lot of meltdowns and we can, we can function. I can like leave my kids with someone. I'm able to have a job again, which is just like changes your life <laughs> um, when when you have no income. So that has been, and life's just later. Leslie, again, I, I just am so thankful that you're sharing your story because I know this is going to help someone. So thank you so much. For quite a few years now, we've dreaded hearing the footsteps of our SK9 coming across the landing into the bedroom in the morning. Um, and literally, I can remember, I can feel it now I just would just create you know just tense up thinking oh my gosh what's going to be the mood and invariably it stemmed from her wanting to know what we were doing that day and if I paused too long to breathe to think about what we were going to do um it would be a meltdown of okay and and that would then just derail our day because she'd be very angry she'd be quite volatile um, and then she'd start to do stuff with her younger sister. Um, and it was all we understand now about getting, uh, getting obviously, attention and reaction. It almost felt as though if I said we needed to do X, Y, and Z, I, I know, go and brush your hair, go and brush your teeth, she would do the complete opposite of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it felt deliberate. It felt that she was being mean. Um, I can remember saying, you know, I, I got really worried. I just thought, oh, my gosh, I've created a monster. I really did think that she was just deliberately being mean. And then I found CTC. But the main thing for me was the spark plan. I really focused on that and really got that into a habit. And then from that, from that stopping and breathing and having an anchor about the fact that she's struggling She's not trying to give me a hard time. There's always a storm around the corner. Hmm. So I'm always prepared for that. And it could be a little storm or it could be a big storm. Can you talk to me about it? Like, what does it look like to be prepared? You've always said just focus on one because whatever one you choose will help you move that needle closer to where you want to be. 
And it took me a while to believe that. But I, I, again, you know, your words resonated with me when you said, until we can believe in ourselves, you will believe in us. And, and I just, again, went whole heart into it. So I picked the one focus um, and it was mornings. Morning, because as I said, I dreaded her coming across the landing. Uh, so um, I picked morning and we went, um, we got together and we did a routine. When I say we, that was me, SK9 and SK, who's now five. Um, so we came up with a very simple routine. Um, there were just four simple steps. Get showered, get dressed, breakfast, brush teeth. And then that would leave however much time then and they could either play or watch TV. So that was the that was our sort of in the moment for for getting um, ready in the morning to go out. And the reason I chose that was because I mentioned earlier that when she walked across that landing um, and would be angry, um, it would just derail the whole day. And now we'd got that plan, and lo and behold, it didn't have you know I didn't have to wait long before I actually had. Um, an episode where I had a chance to practice it. So I I literally, um, I looked at my, almost my, my one, one, one plan. One thing I was going to say, one thing I was going to do, and one thing I was going to provide. And what I've just practiced now is I knew the words I was going to say was, I can see that you're having a hard time. And I literally just went in there and I just said that. And that was to all three of them. So that was my daughters and my husband. I can see you're having a hard time. Let's take a break. And that was it. And uh, it was still, you know, sparking. And I said, look, let's just leave it now. Um, let's go and do something um, to just relax ourselves. Do you want to go and watch TV? Do you want to go and play a game? And SK9 is very good at a creative play. And she said, well, I've just set all this game up. And I said, well, that's great. Does everyone want to do that? And so SK5 has, and that's where they've just gone off now. So it just diffused that situation. That's what I provided is that that sort of safety that it's okay. I went from the room to the room where they were. Um, and actually my SK5 was on the floor crying. So I just actually got down on the floor with her. Okay. Um, so you moved closer and got down. Yeah. I moved closer and got down. So I got to where all of them were in the one room. And then because SK5 was upset, I got down to her level, literally onto the floor. Yeah. At that point in time, I'm just riding that storm um, and I'm, we're in that moment. And I could hear actually at that point, my husband was trying to skill build during that moment. He was mm -hmm. talking about it. And I literally at the same point, I said, look, look, we're all having a, and that's when I said, we're having a hard time. Let's just take a break. And we'll discuss this when we're all a bit calmer and we'll and literally we'll come up with a plan. And those were the words that I used. Um, mm. And so next week, when we have football, which is what caused the meltdown tonight, we're going to have a discussion about what that plan is and what it will look like. So I will mm. do that. And I, I won't do that tonight. I don't think it's too raw. And I notice actually now before I would turn around and say, uh, this was how I used to do it at the beginning with CTC. I'd say, okay, so this is what happened last night. Um, you did this, you did that, and you behaved that way. And I've realized that actually, if I approach it with, okay, I didn't behave how I wanted to, 
or mm-hmm. um, maybe that didn't go as well as it could have done. What could we do better? What could I do better to support you? And I just changed the emphasis on to me. And um, that seemed to be a lot of a more calm uh, platform to start from. And you said something about your daughter who you used to dread um, having the meltdowns. What was she doing in the other room? The last time I went in, I saw her uh, and a daddy. So she was getting close to her daddy. She was um, her arms were either side of him and she was diffusing the situation. So literally, if I reflect back, she had got closer to him. She got onto his level because he likes to be hugged and touched. So, you know, and so she was holding him and she was saying, look, daddy, we can do this because he was the one that was up there at the moment then. So um, that's now I see that that's how I I really do realize how they are modeling stuff now. And that is a real help because that, you know, whenever I met up with friends, I would say, oh, yeah, she's at it again, blah, blah, blah. Now. I, I'm like, oh, my word, my, you know, SK9 has got so many superpowers. Um, she's incredibly creative with her play. She organizes things so well with the play. Um, she is so energetic. Um, wish I'd got her energy and she can just be so vibrant. Um, she's the finder of all things lost. You know, you you lose it, she can find she doesn't even have to be there when it's lost, but she can find it. It's incredible the um the powers that she's got. So now we and she's such um she's quite a you know a justice warrior. Sometimes it's mainly for herself to make sure that she gets what's rightfully hers, but I can see a lot more empathy now from her. Um and I would ne- I wouldn't have spoken about her like this because I, I wouldn't have seen it because all I could see was mean, deliberate. She lies, da 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 da. And now, now I when I talk to people, that's what I say. I say she's got incredible superpowers, and I just reel them off. And and I right at the beginning, I think, yeah, you you will remember this because I think that's what I put there when I joined. I said I I've fallen out of love with my SK, and now. I can actually say I have fallen well in love with her and, you know, I'm so proud of her and I can speak so fondly about her um, and that I can see that, yes, she has struggles. School is a struggle, but I know that she is shining and that she will continue to shine because of all these superpowers that she has. Every time I hear those stories, I have a hard time not tearing up, knowing that these parents were at the end of their rope. They had almost lost complete hope, and yet they were able to make forward progress with their family. They were able to rebuild their relationship with their kids, and they were able to rediscover themselves in the process. And it just gives me so much hope, and I hope that it has given you hope as well. Because again, the one thing I want you to know is that you are not alone. Now, because I know how powerful it can be to hear real stories from other parents in the trenches over the next couple of weeks on the podcast, I'm actually going to be sitting down and chatting with some more parents just like you who are going through the similar situations, maybe school refusal, teenage struggles, toddler meltdowns, you name it. We're going to be digging into where these parents started, 
what they implemented in their lives, real action steps that you can take from their story to start implementing in your life and where they are today. And I hope you'll join us so that you also can calm the chaos in your life. Oh, and before I go, one quick note for all of you who are enjoying the podcast. My new book is officially live and I know you're going to love it. So just a quick reminder, you can go get your copy at calmthechaosbook.com. And if you do, you'll get some cool bonuses as well. Once again, get your copy at calmthechaosbook.com and I'll see you next week.